It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Football fans, this is Ed Valentine of Locked On Giants. And what's going on, Houdat Nation and everybody across the nation? This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. And we are here doing a crossover show for uh, Locked On Network's Crossover Wednesday. Absolutely. And Ross and I will be talking uh, Giants and Saints. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm so excited. I love uh, your guys' show. You and Patricia do such a great job. I love being able to do these uh, these crossovers and everything, just getting an opportunity to spread the love amongst the family and break bread with the network. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, hey, no problem. I mean, don't don't tell Patty, but I get tired of talking to Patty. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, actually, there's a reason. Actually, I- I'm not in trouble when I say that because I tell her that all the time anyway. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's, there's a reason why I do my show solo. I never get tired of myself, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I used to do solo shows, and, and, and I, I kind of get tired of hearing myself. And I, I find it fun to uh, to have someone else to, to bounce things off of sometimes. So, you know, but uh, solo shows can be fun, too, if you like going the Colin Cowherd route. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know, that's one of the things I like about these crossovers is I get that opportunity to do both. And of course, you know, I've got some other podcasts and things like that. So, you know, it's nice to it's nice to have my own little my own little thing going on. But uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to this matchup this weekend. Oh, you and me both. So let's do this. We'll just kind of, you know, we'll chat. We'll just trade questions back and forth a little bit. Um. You know, and and I guess my first question for you would be when when you look at this, you look across the aisle at the Giants, you know, a generic question is, you know, what do you see? Oh, well, I mean, on that offense, I see a lot of playmakers, but an unfortunately uh, struggling offensive line at the moment. Uh, I think that, I mean, when you look at the offense in particular over at the Giants, uh, and, you know, I don't need to tell you, but... Odell Beckham Jr., Evan Ingram, if you know, depending on how his week to week is going uh, with his injury, and then Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, number uh, first round pick out of there, out of Penn State, and then of course Eli, who has been a general and game manager for you know his entire career, uh, just a lot of playmakers, and in particular right now with the struggling portion of the Saints defense being the pass defense yet again uh, seeing those playmakers out there in particular and the effectiveness that this Giants team can have through the air is something that I that that catches my eye I won't say concerns me because you know I want to have some faith but it certainly gives me pause let me say it that way interesting because in a lot of ways it's a it's a mirror image kind of thing for me because you know I looked at uh, you know, the Giants got their first victory of the year on Sunday, and they beat the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a game where, 
you know, the offense functioned really well. But when I looked at it, something that I wrote today at uh, at our website at Big Blue View, you know, where I'm uh, where I'm also the the editor, um, I wrote was the Giants just gave up 385 passing yards to Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. and Deshaun Watson is not exactly what you would call an accurate quarterback. Right. Deshaun Watson made some plays with his legs where he got out of the pocket and he was able to find, you know, wide open guys running, you know, while he was running around standing in the pocket, you know, Deshaun Jackson missed a lot or, or, or Deshaun Watson, I'm sorry, missed a lot of open throws. Drew Brees is not going to miss throws, throws. <laughs> and, and, the, and that, uh, you know, we're talking about the most accurate passer in NFL history, guy that's completed the most passes now in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees is not going to miss those throws. And, and when I look at the Giants' defense, that, that concerns me quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, Drew Brees is off to one of his best starts of his career, believe it or not. I mean, he's 17 years deep, 12 years with the Saints, and it's 2018 that he's pulling up to a whole new level in his game right now. He's already over 100 passes completed, over 1,000 yards, uh, uh, over 1,000 passing yards already, without really having to throw his arm out. He, you know, Last game, he threw 49 passes, which is much more than we've seen him throw in a while but outside of that before that he had only 80 passes which was still his fifth least of his career with the Saints and so he's creating all of this production without oh sorry fifth least within a two within the the uh, first two week span of the uh, early season and so I mean he's he's putting together all of this production sitting at an 80.6 percent completion percentage right now which included an oh go ahead I was gonna say that's just not fair. Right. <laughs> That's just not fair. At some point, at some point, you know, you should have to throw some passes away just just on the principle of the thing. 86% is just not fair. Yeah, and that includes a game, I believe it was week two, when he went over 82%. Uh, completion percentage for the game which is just incredible and then in the meanwhile he's got you know his number one receiver Michael Thomas has a 98% catch rate right now on 38 catches of 40 targets Uh, so you know he's he's definitely looking at that Giants defense you know when he gets out there he's going to be looking at that Giants defense and finding where it is that he might be able to pick them apart now certainly there's a lot more talent on that Giants defense with uh, Janoris Jenkins Alec Ogletree even though he hasn't come into form yet but Landon Collins who's always been one of my favorite players period actually uh, you know there's a lot more talent there than the talent that was fielded in that Atlanta game because remember they were missing their starting middle linebacker Deion Jones who's a perennial all pro at this point already uh Keanu Neal their starting uh safety one of their starting safeties lost Ricardo Allen partway through the game as well and so that was a little bit you know they were dealing with some communication things and stuff like that but I mean look when it's Drew Brees whether you've got miscommunication problems whether you've got personnel problems or not he's gonna find a way to exploit mismatches and they're really good at I mean that's part of Sean Payton's thing is he's really good at creating mismatches where you don't expect there to be any Interesting because offensively, I mean, Eli Manning does not have an 80.6% completion percentage, but he does have at this point, you know, a 73.6% mm-hmm. completion percentage, which 
you know, at that rate, that is far and above anything that he's done, you know, in the first 14 years of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's interesting as you describe the, the the Sean Payton kind of offense because it is exactly what the Giants are attempting to do mm-hmm. with Pat Shermer. Yep. You know, the last couple of years with Ben McAdoo, it, it's been very frustrating because it was it was one personnel group it was 11 personnel play after play after play after play I think in 2016 they ran 11 personnel 92 percent of the time which is just that that's that's completely absurd (laughs) and 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 the whole offense came down to well we're going to run a we're going to run a couple of other plays and they're not going to work and then we're going to try to throw Odell a slant pass and see what happens and that that was that was the whole offense. Yeah, you know, a couple things that didn't work, and then throw a slant to Odell and and hope that he could make a play with it. You know, what we're seeing with with Pat Shermer is, you know, we still see the slant pass to Odell, but we see the Giants try to create mismatches at a lot of levels. You know, Evan Ingram will not play Sunday against the Saints. Mm-hmm. He's week to week with this with an MCL sprain. But it, but with uh, with Bar- with Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. with Sterling Shepard, with Saquon Barkley is, I said in training camp after watching a practice in training camp, Saquon Barkley is completely uncoverable. I right. don't care if you put a linebacker on him. I don't care if you put your best cornerback on him. I saw him line up wide in uh, in a training camp practice. And, and make Janoris Jenkins look silly. Right. <laughs> I mean, he, he's 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 completely uncoverable. Uh, you know, at, when when you line him up out wide. Uh, so this is what the Giants are trying to do. It's not necessarily with deep passes. I think the Saints do a lot of the same stuff. You know, mm-hmm. the the shorter stuff, the crossing routes, the 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 middle of the field. You know, getting guys at different levels where the defense has to make choices of who to cover, and, and this is this is what the Giants are trying to do. And Sunday against the Texans was the first time that we saw it really click. Was the first time we saw what I think is really the blueprint for how the Giants want to play football. Mm-hmm. And, and I just I have my fingers crossed. I think if they can repeat that, they can not only, you know, have a successful offensive game against New Orleans, but if if they can repeat that on a consistent basis, you know, that's a winning brand of football for them. Oh, absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. I mean, you're right. The model that Pat Shermer is bringing in there and then the Sean Payton model are very similar because everything you're saying about Saquon Barkley, I can turn around and I can also say about Avin Kamara as well uh, and the, the type of game that he brings when he lines up, whether it be in the slot or out wide, out wide, it doesn't matter who you put on him. He's going to be able to create space. And then, of course, you have, just like with that Giants offense, you have all of the other weapons that are present and that are still coming along as well. You know, I mean, it's it's not limited to just those three players over there. It's not limited to just Alvin Kamara and uh, Michael Thomas in New Orleans. There are other role players that are present and people that are still yet to come on. You know, this will be the last week that the Saints offense is seen without Mark Ingram, which has been... 
I, I think that people, I knew we were going to miss Mark Ingram. That wasn't a surprise to me, but I think that people really underplayed what the absence of Mark Ingram was going to do to the offense. So this offense hasn't really reached its final form yet uh, in that, you know, all of the personnel is still not there. Cameron Meredith just got his first uh, snaps last game, uh, caught his one, you know, his first catch as a saint goes for an 11 yard touchdown. So that's a pretty good pace to set for yourself, I suppose, in a new city. Uh, but you know, there's still going to be more about working him into the offense, working rookie Traquan Smith into the offense as well. So there's a lot to a lot of pieces that are still there. And I think that, you know, uh, what was it 2015 when the saints and giants met, it was that six touchdown, seven touchdown game, uh, in new Orleans, the overtime win for the Saints. 50. 50- 52 to 49 and do you really have to remind me well i'm just all i'm you know, saying all i'm saying <laughs> all i'm saying is that did you I, really have to bring that up only because only because uh it might not be a similar result but there is the chance that this turns into a shootout much like that game in 2015 was locked on nfl is becoming everyone's favorite daily national nfl podcast mondays it's the local experts on the biggest stories of the week Tuesdays, former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels joins Matt Williamson. Wednesdays, it's Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus. And Thursdays, it's the great Mike Sando of ESPN. And then Fridays, tune in to get Matt's picks. Yo, people stay asking me about advice, usually about what team is going to win this week. And I can keep telling y'all, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think that you do, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They got great reviews online and their mobile site is super easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. And that's why I am urging you to make your way over to my bookie. You win. They pay. They've got in-game live betting and you can even bet on the over-unders for fantasy points scored. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business. They just got so much going on right now, and they are slammed with new bettors, and they want to make sure that every person is getting the best service possible. If you're willing to wait to deposit until after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they're going to give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar for up to a thousand dollars so use promo code locked on all one word to activate the offer visit my bookie online today m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use the promo code my bookie when creating your account to claim up to a thousand dollars in free play and if you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m you can get the extra 25 dollar free play by using promo code locked on 25 all one word locked on 25 it's up to you guys but i definitely would wait until after dinner and take the extra money you play you win you get paid this lockdown podcast is brought to you by home chef now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down how are your resolutions coming one of mine was to order less takeout cook more at home but i'll be honest i haven't been consistent that is until i found home chef home chef provides fresh ingredients and chef designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Oh, I absolutely think that we're going to see a shootout yeah. on, on Sunday. I absolutely believe that. You know, the uh, the funny part of the whole thing is the Giants haven't scored 30 points in a game since the final game of Tom Coughlin's career as Giants coach. Wow. Which, which basically means for the entirety of the 2016 and 17 seasons – they did not score 30 points. But if they can do what we saw on on Sunday, you know, when they scored, they scored 27, they put up 20 in the first half. Mm-hmm. They went a little conservative in the second half, but they got a big drive in the fourth quarter when they needed it. Yeah, that Sterling Shepard um, touchdown was really clutch. You know, I feel like I feel like this team this team can compete in a shootout. This team can, you know, I think there are going to be games this year. This team's going to have to get into the thirties to win. And, mm-hmm. and I think they can do that if they can play, if they can build off of what they did, you know, Sunday against the Texans. Uh, and I think if, if they can get adequate play, you know, from, from their, from their offensive line, you know, they don't have to have great play. They have to have adequate play that that allows you know Saquon Barkley to have a chance to make some some plays in the running game, because he does a lot of what he does on on his own. I mean, I have gotten to the point where, you know, three games into his career, I just say, you know, there goes Barkley doing Barkley things. <laughs> because to to be honest with you, I. I am not sure. I'm, I'm sure it's happened, but the open field when he's been one-on-one with a tackler, I am not sure that I've seen the first guy bring him down yet. Right. And and so if you give him a little space, he can make your offensive line look better than it actually is. And and you know, given any amount of time, any chance to set his feet, I'm sure it's you know it's the same. With with Drew Brees, you know, this far into his career and and as as successful as he's been, given any chance to set to set his feet, you know, and, and find a mismatch, you know, I think Eli Manning can still have a lot of success. Oh yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, when Drew Brees gets to the point where he's you know spinning off of tackles and you know running for touchdowns and everything like that, it sends a message to the rest of the team that they need to be able to step up. And I think a big portion of this team that needs to step up is, of course, the the hampered second, which is what has become, uh, started off unfortunate, is now a hampered secondary. Patrick Robinson, our uh, you know most consistent 
defensive back considering which is odd considering his history with the saints before going to going away and then coming back from the eagles laughter last year uh he's now out for several weeks he's on ir right now with a broken ankle uh whatever happened last week to where the coaching staff for whatever reason decided to bench ken crawley and start pj williams so that he could then allow uh i think it was seven of eight catches for 123 yards and allowed three touchdowns in the one half that he played one half in one series that he played uh, and then, of course, Ken Crawley comes back in, commits a 50-yard pass interference penalty, gives up 80 yards on his own as well. Uh, so I think that, yeah, if 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 Eli Manning gets his opportunity to set his feet and go through his progressions and gets to a point where he can ri- you know, rhythmically start to carve up the defense, the play of the front seven for the New Orleans defense is going to be really, really important in order to s- try to stop that from happening. We've got a really bad habit right now to where Dennis Allen is sending three rushers only on for sure passing downs third and 18 you know there are third and long third and eight third and long things like that and it's giving quarterbacks opposing quarterbacks so much time to you know make to to read their progressions and it's giving so much time to receivers to create separations from you know an unfortunate secondary that can't keep up in the first place at the moment with the way that it's staffed so right now you know david amerson is on his way in to come and you know try out we were hoping that brashad breeland would find his way there but he signed with green bay earlier today and david amerson don't get me wrong i mean he's not going to be seven of eight for 123 yards and three touchdowns bad but he's not the he's not going to be a permanent solution in this defense opposite Marshawn Lattimore. So I think you're absolutely right. And one of the things that's going to be key is going to be the defensive line, Cameron Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, David Onyemata, and hopefully Marcus Davenport, who is showing his sparks and his flashes every time that he hits the field up against that Giants uh, offensive line. Well, Russ, before I get to the Giants offensive line, you know, it's interesting because the Giants have two key injuries Mm -hmm. on the defensive side. Olivier Vernon, who is their best pass rusher, has yet to play this season because of a high ankle sprain. Um, There is some optimism that he might be able to play uh, on Sunday against the Saints. This is about, uh, we've hit about the six-week mark right now, you know, with, with his recovery from that. So there's some optimism that, that we could see Vernon for the first time. Also, you know, cornerback Eli Apple didn't play against the Texans. And the Giants, as, as I was talking about earlier, you know, I felt like there were an awful lot of open receivers, an awful lot of, you know, chunk plays that the Texans got in the passing game. And, you know, some that they left on the field. So, I mean, fingers crossed from the Giants' perspective that they get Eli Apple back, you know, because, as I said, that's, you know, that's that's Drew Brees on the other side. Right. And, uh, you know, you, you need all the help you can get, uh, you know, when it's Drew Brees. You know, the the thing, I'll, let, let me talk about the about the Giants' offensive line, Please. you know, just a little bit. Um you know, obviously the big news in New York, you know, Sunday against the Texans was the benching of, of right tackle Eric Flowers, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, and that was sort of a long time coming, you know, former first round pick in his fourth year, who's been a disappointment, um, was replaced on Sunday by Chad Wheeler 
at right tackle. The Giants also had a new starting center because their starting their original starting center, John Halapio, you know, went on IR with a broken ankle. So they had two new pieces, and you know, Wheeler Wheeler basically, I mean, JJ Watt did basically, you know, what he wanted to to Chad Wheeler. Three sacks, lots of pressures, you know, he blew up the running game quite a bit. But the rest of the offensive line did well enough that that Watt was the only one making any plays. Mm-hmm. So I mean the matchup the matchup that scares me on Sunday with the Saints the matchup in the front that scares me is obviously Chad Wheeler and Cameron Jordan. Uh huh. Yeah. You know because because that's the one. Where, you know, Pat Shermer said he thinks maybe in retrospect he left Wheeler out there one-on-one with J.J. Watt a little bit too often, um, you know, which he probably did, uh, you know, but you can't, you, you just can't, you can't run your entire offense around, you know, blocking one guy on every single play. Absolutely. But, but that's the matchup that scares me because I think, this Giants offensive line as it develops can do well enough in the other four spots. It's, it's that matchup where I look at, you know, he's the guy in that front seven who to me, you know, can, can disrupt everything on the Giants. All right. I wrote y'all another poem. Locked on NBA never went away and it's here to stay for you every day. It's actually the same poem as yesterday, but I just added, I added extra. All right, Locked On NBA is your daily national NBA podcast. Every Monday, get the local experts on the biggest stories, then stay with Locked On NBA all week long with daily 30 minutes on everything going on in the NBA. Follow at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On NBA. All right, y'all, in just a couple of weeks, the first Monday night game of the season will be in the Mercedes Superdome in New Orleans, and I'm going to tell you how to get there. Use Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, you can watch your favorite teams and artists perform in person. They make sure that you find the best seats for any of your favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more. Vivid Seats offers great prices and a super easy purchasing experience. And now, using promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, you can receive $20 off of orders, $200 or more for your first purchase at Vivid Seats. All confirmed Vivid Seats orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So go to the App Store and Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, and let them help you get to the game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah, that's and that's that's one of the things that's been a weakness for the Saints defensive line is that oftentimes it's the Cameron Jordan show and the Cameron Jordan show only, which is one of the reasons why they used that huge move to move up 
to number 14 in the draft to select Demarcus Davenport. Demarcus Davenport played his most snaps just this last game at 30, I think it was 31, 34, something like that. Uh, you know, not a ton. He didn't get a ton of playing time. So I think that, you know, this could be the week that he sees a little bit more and a little, you know, they're continuously sort of layering him into the defense. And so because, I mean, to be honest, they're still trying to figure out exactly how to use him. Do they want to just use him as a situational pass rusher? Do they want to just, you know, do they want him to, you know, stick his hand in the dirt and learn how to play that way? He's incredible playing from standing up. Playing from a two-point stance is incredible. His uh, his speed to power conversion is on you know it is unbelievable and much like Cameron Jordan's uh so you know it's going to take more and and you're absolutely right with them keying in on Cameron Jordan and being able to you know sort of be comfortable with the rest of the defensive line Dennis Allen is going to have to do a lot in order to make sure that it's not just a one-man show along that defensive front for the Saints and I mean even on the Saints offensive line we have, you know, they've got their own struggles too with Andrus Pete having been out. Josh Laribas has been the person that has been, you know, uh, giving up the most pressures per game for the Saints offensive line. And so in particular, if Olivier Vernon does find some playing time, even if he's not at 100%, any stunt or anything like that that's going to bring a high-level pass rusher into the inside on the offensive left side is going to see is going to be impactful. It's going to see some penetration. And so even on the Saints offensive line, there's some, you know, concern about one out of five spots, much like the uh, the same sentiment that you're bringing to light about the Giants offensive line. The interesting thing about the uh, about the Giants defense, I mean, against the Texans is really the first time that we saw anything you know, resembling a real pass rush uh, without Olivier Vernon on the field. Mm -hmm. The Giants got some production in the pass rush from a couple of their own rookies from third-round picks. Uh, B.J. Hill, who the Giants drafted, and we basically thought, oh, he's a big old nose tackle from, you know, from North Carolina <laughs> State. He'll, he'll just be the backup to uh, to, to Damon Harrison. And he's, he's turned into... A 311-pound monster of a starting defensive end yep. who who can push the pocket. I mean, he took in the you know now the, the Houston Texans have an awful offensive line, but B.J. Hill took Martinez Rankin, who was the, a rookie left tackle for the Texans the other day, and he bull rushed Martinez Rankin right into the ground and then basically just stepped on him and and sacked Deshaun Watson. You know, he basically <laughs> just just he yeah. basically just drove him into the ground, stepped over him and got himself a sack. And Lorenzo Carter, another third round pick. Yeah. You know, has been showing some flashes as a pass rusher. So hopefully, the you know, from the Giants perspective, hopefully they're beginning to develop some pass rush there. Um, you know, but but it that that's an issue for the Giants. The thing about a James Betcher defense one of the things we're finding out that he is very good at is he might send five, he might send six, sometimes you know he might send four, but the the interesting thing about it is he'll send four, but you may not know exactly where those four are going to rush from, and and they may not come straight. There might be a twist or a stunt or or something involved in it. He's not going to just you know, send four guys and tell them to go straight ahead and try to win their matchup. He's going to try to do something to to create some confusion in that blocking scheme and give and give his guys an advantage. 
Yeah, absolutely. I got to say, BJ Hill and uh, Lorenzo Carter were two of my favorite targets coming out of the draft, two people that I was really hoping that the Saints could find a way uh, to snatch up. And, you know, they, they had a very... They had a very interesting uh, draft for 2018 or coming into 2018. But I mean, Lorenzo Carter, I'm sorry, uh, well, Lorenzo Carter be yeah, Georgia Bulldog, incredible player uh, in college. I'm glad that his skills are starting to translate. I hope he can wait one more week to really put it all together. And then BJ Hill uh, out of NC State, Ryan Nielsen, our, the Saints uh, defensive line coach is also you know, a former NC State coach. And so, you know, that was a pairing that would have made sense. But yeah, uh, BJ Hill is somebody that is, I don't want to say, you know, when I say defying expectations, of course, I mean that in the best possible way, right? Much like what you're talking about to where you looked at him as a potential nose tackle backup. And then now he's, you know, taken on this whole other uh, personality as a player, which I think is really incredible for him. But there's, I mean, yeah. all Yeah, of those... he's a, he, I was just going to say BJ Hill is a, is a much better player. I mean, he plays a limited number of snaps, but he's a much better player, I think, than, than anybody really realized yeah. that, that he would be. Yeah, which is is great for him. Not so fantastic for, you know, the Saints, <laughs> of course. But, you know, I mean, um, you know, the, the nice thing for the Saints is that they've got great bookends uh, on the offensive line with uh, former, for, you know, one uh, former, I mean, but first round pick uh, Ryan Ramchek from just, just, you know, he was part of that outstanding 2017 class. And then, of course, Teron Armstead, who's been incredible out of Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, for, you know, he's been incredible when healthy when he's playing. So, I mean, I see a lot of parallels between these two teams and it's always a lot of fun. There's always fireworks when these two teams come together and then to be able to do, you know, to have this matchup in MetLife stadium, it's just going to be great. Like I'm really, really looking forward to this matchup. This is one of the ones that I I saw on the schedule. And I think a lot of saints fans might've dismissed it as, you know, just for whatever reason. Uh, But, you know, probably looking at the former production of, you know, um, Ben McAdoo and things like that. But it was one that I was really excited about uh, coming into the season. And uh, that's not changing with what I'm seeing, you know, particularly during that first half against the Texans. I think that's going to be a real challenge for the Saints coming into week four. It's just really interesting in, you know, in a lot of ways. I mean, there's there's, you know, history of fireworks and not just in that last game that that we right. both remember. But they all these games always seem to be, you know, offensive sort of up and down the field kind of games. And and it's we don't get a whole lot of matchups anymore with two classic stand in the pocket drop back passers That's a who great don't point. rely on running all around. So it's it's kind of fun because it's a little bit old fashioned. Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's a great point. I, and I think that that stands true with the exception of the fact that right now the Saints are finding as many ways possible to put Taysom Hill, third string quarterback, in that offense. And it's becoming, I mean, the gadget plays are just ridiculous. But I think you're absolutely right. Drew Brees and Eli Manning have been in this league long enough and have ha- have seen more success than, you know, I, I'm not going to say 30 other quarterbacks, but a majority of the other quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and, and so it's really nice to have this kind of a uh, this kind of a matchup coming down the pike, especially with all the offensive playmakers on both sides, and then two defenses that are just trying to find their way, whether it be personnel wise or game plan wise. That that's a nice way of saying two defenses that hope the opposing quarterbacks don't completely embarrass them on Sunday. That is that is absolutely <laughs> correct. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. All right. All right. Hey. Uh, I don't have a whole lot more for you. You have anything else for me? No, I think we touched on a lot. I think it was great. That was a very well constructed and converse thirty minutes. I'd say I think that was great. 
I think so. All right. Hey, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll do it again sometime, uh, you know, what, what, four years from now? Yeah, right. Hopefully, or maybe, you know, maybe, hey, who knows? You know, maybe we'll see each other at, at, at the playoffs at some point soon or stuff like that. If not this year, then another year. But otherwise, four years, I'll see you then. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks much, Ross. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you. That sounds great. Take care. <laughs> If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.